0: Today, we're going to talk about something that's always needed, but often in short supply. I think you'll be able to figure out the topic after you hear these descriptions. First, typically, you have to wait for it. Kids often have very little of it. It can be tested. It helps in the waiting room. It is key to enduring suffering it's necessary in rush hour traffic it's not pretty when it runs out it is a fruit of the Spirit and the last one you might regret praying for it what am I talking about patience Many of us have prayed for patience. We, we joke about it because the answer to our prayer also often involves testing our patience. If we let it, though, that testing strengthens our patience. And the, the truth is, this is a lesson that we have to be retaught many, many times. You might relate to one or more, one or more of these lessons in patience. The first one is a couple weeks ago, Mary and I were waiting in the waiting room before her arthroscopic knee surgery. We arrived at 6.30 a.m. as directed for the 8.30 a.m. surgery. Soon after being shuffled to an exam room, the nurse apologized saying they had reworked the doctor's schedule. Mary's surgery wasn't going to happen at 8.30 a.m. And we thought, you know what, that's no big deal. And I figured, okay, it's probably gonna be maybe an hour late. Wishful thinking. Mary didn't go into the operating room until 11.30 a.m., a full five hours after we arrived. And if that wasn't enough, the room where we waited was freezing. My patience nearly ran out. You see, patience is needed to accept a situation that is out of our control. Here's another one. Rick Gratza. Many of you know Rick. Rick has had terrible neck and shoulder pain due to disc problems. And after months of pain, Rick got his surgery. Now it's been several weeks since the surgery, and Rick says the pain is better, but he still has pain. And the doctor basically told Rick to be patient because it takes time for the pain to go away. Patience is sorely needed to endure suffering. In fact, Rick told me that he could be the poster child for today's message. Here's another situation. Imagine this. You had to deal with a person who tested your patience. Never happened, right? Probably all too often. This person was annoying. They pushed your buttons. It's as if they got enjoyment out of making you miserable. They never listened. They didn't learn. And I do want to be clear here I, I am not intentionally describing the person who is sitting next to you this morning. That's purely a, a coincidence. People test our patience at work, at church, at school. The ones who test our patients are our neighbors, our friends, or family members, and and this part is strictly for the parents. Parents, I'm sure you can appreciate that a teenage son or daughter can drain the last drop of patience out of us. We love our kids. They might be great kids, but every child or teenager causes frustration, sleepless nights, gray hair, loss of hair, and wrinkles. But on the flip side, patients, Our parents, can also test the patience of a teen or another child. Think about it from their perspective. From a teen or child's viewpoint, to begin with, parents are old. And that means they're probably out of touch. They don't get it. They, They can't understand the things that their child has experienced. And I say that because I've lived it. I've tested my boy's patience. Sometimes doing so was fun. The fact is, though, is that patience is needed to love people. Every one of us has the ability to test someone else's patience. These last few weeks, we've been talking about the fruit of the uh, Spirit, as described in Galatians 5, and 23. And this passage says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit are character traits that we develop through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And our character reveals what's going on in our heart. If we've trusted in Jesus Christ if we're actively growing in our faith, if we allow the Holy Spirit to change us, then our lives will show evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. That being said, we have to realize that some of these character traits come easier to us than others do. I struggle with patience. Today's message is as much for me as it might be for you. But maybe your struggle is with joy or love or self-control. And if that's you, I just say, take heart. God isn't finished with you yet. Just as I take heart, because he's not finished with me yet. When it comes to patience, the the Greek word that is translated as patience in Galatians 5, that word can literally mean long-suffering are long-tempered. Theologian Christopher J.H. Wright rightly points out that as a fruit of the Spirit, patience speaks to two areas. We've already mentioned mentioned them this morning. The first is the ability to endure suffering. Enduring suffering demands patience. And then the second is the ability to love others. Patience is definitely needed In loving others. You know, I noticed when I came in this morning that everybody seemed to be filled with joy. You were all in a great mood this morning, so I thought I would start off this morning talking about suffering. That'll take the joy out of a room. Patience is needed to endure suffering. In in the disciple Peter's first letter, he addressed the issue of suffering, specifically, suffering for our faith. But his words can also be helpful when it comes to enduring all types of suffering. Peter said this in 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 14. You might want to get your Bible out and open it to 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 14. He wrote this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice, insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Let's go back and look at that first sentence. Peter wrote, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Peter was telling his original audience his original readers and us that suffering is expected. John 16:33 in that verse Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. 2 Timothy 3:12 states all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. See the Bible is clear. We should expect to suffer. You know, I'm just full of joy killers this morning. But here's a thought. Don't waste your suffering. Let your suffering draw you closer to Jesus. Learn from it. It can actually strengthen your faith. It can lead you to a more full experience of the joy that is offered by God. Peter's original audience, the ones to whom whom he wrote that letter, they knew suffering. They were already facing persecution for their faith. His letter to them began saying to the exiles throughout the provinces. His audience was already exiled. The life of an exile is never easy. You aren't home. You're foreigners in a strange land. Peter's first readers were under Roman rule. At this time, the Romans weren't outwardly hostile to different religions, but this new, rapidly growing, exclusive religion called Christianity was not viewed favorably. Trouble was brewing. It was going to get worse. But by contrast, look at our lives today. Living as a Christian in our culture is relatively easy. Covenant Seminary professor Daniel Doriani says it this way, He says, our campus ministries, our ministries in high schools and colleges, our campus ministries might lose the right to meet on campus, while the LGBTQ club doesn't lose that right. But this is marginalization. It's not red-blooded persecution. And what Dr. Doriani was saying is that you and I face challenges. We can be marginalized for our faith. Our religious freedoms have been eroding and it's not good, and it is getting worse, but it isn't full-blown persecution. The fact is, though, we still need patience. Our patience can also be in short supply when we're facing other forms of suffering. It might be illness, or the loss of a job, or death, or just aging. We live in a fallen world. When sin entered the world through Adam, suffering came with it sometimes people cause suffering someone does something to us they do something to hurt another person we do things to hurt ourselves but the fact is is that suffering happens even when no human being has done anything evil has done anything wrong tornadoes hurricanes earthquakes and floods wreak havoc they destroy they kill Diseases and accidents change lives in an instant. Bad things happen. They happen to everyone. And so we want the suffering to end. It's hard to be patient. One of my good friends has faced health related suffering for years, and he didn't do anything to deserve it. It just happened. He's a faithful guy, hardworking and skilled. He uses his hands in his work, and that is where his suffering comes. He has arthritis. His hands are swollen. They don't work like they should. It's painful. It threatens his livelihood. And and yet I see patience in his suffering. I'm sure he has good days, and I'm sure he has a lot of bad days. But it would be hard to notice. He doesn't complain he makes the best of each day he has a good attitude my friends patience points to how you and i can endure suffering it comes from a right attitude we might call it a proper perspective to patiently endure suffering a proper perspective is vital Peter wrote this, he said, but Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now I have to admit, on the surface, Peter's words sound a bit crazy. Rejoice in suffering? That makes no sense. Why would anyone rejoice in suffering? Well, there actually is an explanation. For the follower of Jesus Christ, suffering is part of our being united, being in union with Christ. Suffering identifies with Christ. He suffered, we too will suffer. We suffer, though, for the cause of Christ. Paul spoke to this in in a passage that I frequently like to quote. It's Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. It reads, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul in this passage is saying, We endure because we have patience. In the book of Acts, Peter rejoiced in suffering for the cause of Christ. Through our suffering, we identify more closely with Jesus. We learn to rely on God. And our patience grows and our faith is strengthened. We patiently endure suffering because we know we will have reason to rejoice when Christ returns. Peter said, you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. He's talking about when Jesus is coming back. He added that we're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. We have reason to rejoice, even even in those times of suffering. But patience doesn't mean that we don't cry out to God. We do cry out to God. We pray that he would bring an end to our suffering. We plead with God, how long, O Lord? How long until our suffering will end? How long will it be until you make all things new? And we know that better days are coming. In fact, the best days are yet to come. Our home is heaven, and because of that truth, we can patiently endure suffering. Within minutes, I guarantee you, spend an hour on social media within minutes i guarantee you Send an hour on social media within minutes i guarantee you tear on social media within minutes i guarantee you tear you will find social media within minutes i guarantee you tear you will find somebody media within minutes i guarantee you tear you will find somebody Within minutes I guarantee you, tear you will find somebody who tests your within minutes I guarantee you, tear you will find somebody who tests your patience. Within minutes, I guarantee you, tear you will find somebody who tests your patience. Within minutes, I guarantee you, tear you will find somebody who tests your patience. It could minutes, I guarantee you, tear you will find somebody who tests your patience. It could be their opinions. They don't like their opinions. You think their opinions are wrong, and so they test your patience. Or maybe it's the fact that their posts fill up every other line of your newsfeed. We all know someone who talks and talks and talks. They never listen. The fact is, it could be us. It might be me. I have a friend whose patience is tested when others use poor grammar improper worse of the you the word two, really gets to them i'm that way too now is that t-o or t-o-o or the l- number two or t-o-o <laughs> actually i have to confess that i intentionally use poor grammar when i text my friend just to annoy her my wife says that other people on the road test my patience and i say well of course they do If I'm in rush hour traffic, my patience is tested by those who drive too slow. It's tested by those who drive too fast. It's tested by those people who just are simply in my way. Some of you might have seen, you might remember the the movie Zootopia. And in it, there's a sloth named Flash who works at the Department of Motor Vehicles. It, and maybe he actually has waited you on the DM, at the DMV once or twice. Let's just say Flash doesn't live up to his name. He operates at sloth speed. Flash is so slow. In the movie... Judy Hopps is a little rabbit policewoman, and she's on a case that's going to make or break her career. She's in a hurry, and Judy is fast talking, and her encounter with Flash tests her patience to the max. And I think we can relate to Judy. We've been there. We've been in a hurry in a long line. We've had to wait while someone worked slowly. We've had to learn patience as we realize that others are on a different time schedule than us. Their agenda is not our agenda. We can be impatient with strangers, but one thing I've noticed is that we are often more impatient with the people who are closest to us. And I have to ask you, why are we so impatient with those closest to us? I've witnessed it. I'm guilty of it. The closer someone is to us, the more likely we are to be impatient with them. And I wonder, is it because we know them so well? Is it because we know that they're stuck with us? Do maybe we hold them to a a higher expectation? We could all benefit by being more patient with those we love. And I think that's really important. In fact, it's so important, I think I need to repeat it. We could all benefit by being more patient with those we love. In Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We're to bear with one another in love. You could say we're to put up with one another in love. Patience certainly requires love. It's born out of humility and gentleness, In 1 Corinthians 13, a passage we often read at weddings, it says love is patient. Colossians 3.13 says we are to bear with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Patience is born out of forgiveness. We have to realize nobody's perfect. And so we forgive the use of improper grammar. We forgive people who don't listen. We forgive those people who annoy us on social media. We forgive people in traffic. It's hard, but we do forgive them. We forgive our loved ones, and we forgive because we need forgiveness. And when we forgive, we learn patience. The the perfect example of patience in suffering and in loving others is Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 21-24 shows Jesus' patience while he endured suffering. Peter wrote, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. Jesus endured the pain of the cross, the betrayal and denial of his disciples, and the rejection by his own people. He did all of that to to save us. He could have struck down his enemies with a word. Jesus could have called on a a legion of angels. He could have simply come down from the cross. But he didn't. He didn't. Jesus was long-suffering. He was long-tempered. Jesus was patient as he endured suffering. And Jesus is also patient with us. Think about the disciples. They lived with Jesus for three years, and up until the point of the resurrection, it was clear they still didn't get it. Jesus didn't give up on them. Before he went to the cross, he washed their feet. Jesus even washed the feet of Judas Iscariot, the one who would betray him. After Jesus' resurrection, we see a beautiful picture of Jesus forgiving and reinstating Peter. Peter had denied that he even knew Jesus. Jesus was patient with Peter. Jesus is patient with you. He's patient with me. But we have to respond. We have to confess our sins. We trust our life to Jesus. One day, His patience will run out. A day is coming when it's going to be too late. Don't waste another day. Trust in Jesus today. I mentioned at the beginning of the message that I struggle with patience. I do, and I have at least three areas where my patience can run in short supply. The first one is, I have to admit, sometimes I get impatient with God. I've got plans and Often those plans, I'm convinced, are God's plans. And so I expect things to happen quickly. They rarely do. At times, I wish God would just speed up. And there's a lesson I keep relearning. God's timing is always the best timing. One of these days, maybe I'll learn it. And God frequently reminds me, he says, Be still and know that I'm God. He is God. I'm not. He knows what's best. I don't. I also get impatient with myself. I'm like Paul. Basically, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Thankfully, I'm forgiven. God is patient with me. And I get impatient with others. Yes, I actually do get impatient with people in traffic. I'm often in too much of a hurry. My patience can also be in short supply with those who are closest to me. And I'm working on it. And God is teaching me, and he's working in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. But again, I'm always thankful that God is patient with me. But now it's your turn there are three questions on your message outline. They're on the screen as well. The the first question is this. How has God been patient with you? The second is, where is your patience currently being tested? And then the third is, where do you need to be patient with others? I want you to take some time and consider those questions. How has God been patient with you? Where is your patience currently being tested? And where do you need to learn to be patient with others? Take some time. Think about your answer to those questions. Write them down. And then bring them before God. Ask God to help you. Ask God to give you patience. Amen.